Hi, my name is Thies Hetzert and welcome to a new episode of my podcast series Yellow Cap, in which I'm talking to alumni entrepreneurs from Erasmus University Rotterdam to find out what drives their entrepreneurial mindsets. I feel proud to be a student ambassador for Erasmus Enterprise, the community of entrepreneurs and innovators at the Erasmus University Rotterdam campus. Hi, welcome to a new episode of my podcast series. Today I have the privilege of talking to Tom Aldricks, who is founder of Moja, which has the mission of making good hygiene normal through selling high-quality, uh, sustainable underwear. Um, besides, Tom is also an alum- alumnu from the uh, International Business Administration Bachelor Program. Um, and in his young life, uh, Tom has already uh, yeah, a ton of, uh, of entrepreneurial experience. So it's great to have you here on the show, uh, Tom. Awesome. Thanks a lot for inviting me, Thies. <laughs> um, as a starter, I'd like to know uh, more about your own personal background. So where did you grow up and how did you make your way into entrepreneurship? A good one. Um, I was born in, uh, in Waalre, which is a small, uh, small village just under, uh, under Eindhoven. Um, and then at the age of four, um, my parents and I moved to Brazil. Um, so I actually lived there for, uh, for six years and then two, two years in, um, in Versailles, which is close to, to Paris. Um, and then at the age of 12, we, we moved back to, the, back to the Netherlands so I could basically start my, my entire high school journey at a regular Dutch, um, Dutch high school. Um, and well, after, after finishing high school, I, I started the, the IBA program, which I graduated from last, um, last summer. Um, and I think the, like now looking, looking back at it, um, being raised in, in Brazil and, and also kind of witnessing the, the difference in, um, in lifestyles between people that, that are expats and, and people that live in favelas, I think really, um, like now that I think about it, it really did sort of, um, yeah, form my thoughts about what a, a business should be like. Um, and, um, yeah, I guess that, that really was a big, uh, big eye opener. I didn't know it at the time yet, but now looking back at it, it, it makes sense why, um, yeah, why I believe impact is such an important thing for a business. Yeah. Okay. And what are your sort of personal goals in life? What really do you want to accomplish with your yeah, it's it's a good one. Um, I'm not even sure if I if I know the the complete answer. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I'm also a, a fresh alumni from RSM, and and I still have a lot of working years ahead of me. Um, what I do know is that um, I've always had had a passion for, um, well, maybe yeah, I guess a passion for thinking of new ideas. Um, so also in high school, I um, I had a little watch brand and then developed my own football uh, boots. Um, always with, with the goal of, of uh, creating impact for people um, and planet. Um, so I do really want to like always have that in the back of my head. Um, I know that my, my I will statement, which is quite a, quite a thing at RSM, is um, I will always uh, choose um, social impact over personal profit. And um, yeah, if that's something that can guide me throughout my working life, then, then I'd really, really love to do that. Um, but I, I do find it hard uh, um, to to work in a company. Um, and yeah, I, I do see myself as, as an entrepreneur that's always building new things that create impact. And I think that's something I'd, I'd love to keep on doing um, for as long as I can. Interesting. Um, and how did you experience your study time at Erasmus? 
How do you look back to it? What were your your key highlights? And um, yeah, good question. I, I think it's a bit of a mix. Um, in my opinion, um, the the IBA Bachelor um, allowed for a lot of freedom to to do other things on the side. Um, so I, I yeah was never really present at at lectures and only went to the things that were mandatory. Um, huge shout outs to Slim Studier as well because they uh, they definitely helped me in the in the past couple of uh, past couple of years. Um, I think that during my studies, I was always a little bit um, skeptical of of the courses we were doing, and it was all very um, always very business related. Um, and and at the end of the day, we had a core course. Um, that was about that was HR and HR makes sure that basically your people are or your employees are happy and if they're happy you can make more profits. And um, finance was about you know um, getting more profits at the end of the day. Um, so at, at that time I, I was a little bit skeptical about it, but now um, being being done with my studies for for almost a year now, um, I really do like have a more positive outlook on my my time during my bachelor because university always or also it teaches you so much more um, besides like the skills that you're actually learning in, in your classes. It's also about a new network, new people um, living on your own for the first time in your life. Um, make, yeah, like learning how, how really to work with deadlines and, and managing um, managing your studies at your own pace, for example. So there's there's a lot of things that like studying, I think in general has, has taught me. Yeah, it's interesting. And um, when you look back at your own study time, how did you grow personally doing this uh, bachelor program? How did you grow um, as a person? Oh man, <laughs> I, I remember like coming coming to Rotterdam as an an eighteen year old guy. That um, I mean, I, I knew how to cook, but that was like already a, a challenge to to <laughs> find something to make it like seven days a week instead of maybe once a month when you still live with your parents. Um, but but also more in, in, a, in like in a, in a professional manner. Um, eventually, uh, the the company I, I own, um, uh, Moja or a predecessor of Moja, we won the I Will Award during my um, my first year as a student at um, at RSM. And you know everything that that happened after, um, and like professors kind of recognized me, and, and other students knew what we were doing. I think that also like really. Um, in, in, in like a week time, I feel like I, I get I gained five years of experience because I was talking to new people um, who also had quite quite hard questions sometimes. And um, I was always trying to like combine what I was learning during my my courses into the company right away. Um, and I think that that was really, really a positive thing for me, uh, me professionally. Yes. Okay. Clear. And you know, you you describe I think yourself as a very you know, entrepreneurial, creative um, person with a very broad interest. When you are, when you see yourself in a, like when you look back at your study time at Erasmus and during group work, what kind of person were you in 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 a group? Yeah, that that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's better. It's a question you should ask my the people I was in a team with. Um, I, I do think, okay, I can share my opinion, but I think the best answer you would get from other people, in my opinion, I was, um, 
the person that always had a lot of energy in the beginning and ideas and wanting to go like do a lot of different things, but also um, not the most, um, maybe not professional is not the good word, not the most concentrated um, person that, that always was able to stick to deadlines and um, that um, also like finalized the project. I was really good at, at the beginning parts and, and thinking of ideas, but never um, like, like making the, the document coherent and, and textual things. And that was just too, um, yeah, I thought it was too boring. I didn't like that. I didn't write, I didn't like writing at all. I, I have like a lot of creativity in my head, but as soon as I have to put it um, on paper or on a, on a Google sheet or on a, a document, then yeah, I, I really, um, I can't be bothered too much. Um, so maybe sometimes I was a, I was a headache to my, uh, my, my, my team, I guess. Um, but I did really enjoy all, all the group work. Like it's, especially with IBA, you're, um, you know, you get matched with so many different cultures and that leads to challenges, but it's also, it's also really special. Um, and I, <laughs> this is me, me talking to other students right now as well. Um, it might be tough right now, but it's it's really worth it once you start working and um, yeah, operate in a diverse diverse environment. Like one of the things I'm really or we were kind of struggling with was um, our contact with uh, with Tanzania. Um, so of course we're we're an underwear brand, and for every pair that we sell, uh, we make and donate underwear and sanitary pads in Tanzania. Um, so we have a local team there and. Um, communication can be a, can be a hard thing it's a different culture language is is, uh, is challenging sometimes um and and yeah i guess my experience during my time at iba really did did help me with that mm, interesting so it also had a big impact on you as an entrepreneur how did you build relationships with your uh, partners in 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 tanzania and also in portugal yeah as well, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky. In, <laughs> I was lucky enough to, to speak speak a bit of Portuguese because of my my time in Brazil. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, our, our our underwear is made in Portugal, where they also speak Portuguese. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I do think that you know having being able to say good morning in in somebody's local language already goes a long way. Yes. Okay. Clear. Um, and then in 2020, in January 2020, you founded um, uh, Moja. Um, could you could you please explain uh, sort of why have you founded Moja, and how did you meet your co-founder, yeah. Elisa? Uh, right? Elisa, yeah, Elisa's my co-founder. Um, first question: We we started Moja because we we um, we went to Tanzania a couple of times, and we noticed that. Um, like having access to uh, to hygiene products is is a challenge. Um, so boys often don't um, don't have the money to buy underwear, uh, which which gives them a bit bigger risks for um, infections, disease, and and social isolation as well. Um, and girls also don't have access to underwear, but they also don't have access to sanitary products like um, uh, menstrual or sorry uh, sanitary pads um, and other menstrual health management products. Um, and that actually, yeah, with, with that, a lot of girls aren't able to go to schools or to school when they're on their period. Um, and that's, I think, really, you know, got us thinking because it's something that's that's really normal to have underwear and sanitary products in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, and it, it wasn't available in Tanzania. And 
being sure that that it was um yeah i think that really inspired us to to start moja mm -hmm. uh, which like i said is an underwear brand and for every pair we sell here we make and donate underwear in um in tanzania and sanitary pads in tanzania as well um and we always do that in combination with um education about puberty health hygiene menstruation uh, for both boys and girls uh, because we really feel like giving or, or having a team that that gives that education creates so much more value for the products that we're donating um and yeah i think that that's really the the essence of of moja it's not only it's not a buy one give one model it's it's so much more we're, we're creating like a local economy where somebody is is learning a new skill through sewing and making underwear and and then therefore making underwear and sanitary pads and then these products are donated locally to another school uh, or to a school where students now get educated about a topic as well and i think in in a long um or in a couple of years moja won't have to be as involved anymore because the people that are educated about health hygiene menstruation they will have a demand for products that are made locally already. And then like we're creating an entire economic system um, where, where Moja isn't, um, isn't present anymore. Wow. Interesting. That sounds really uh, ambitious and um, yeah. Congrats on your, your progress so far. It's been really inspiring also to follow. Means a lot. <laughs> I'm sure Erasmus is a very proud, uh, very proud of you. Um so you, you're, um, you know, you 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 founded this together with. This was your second question. Sorry, I didn't yeah, get to it. No problem. Um, my my co-founder is indeed Elisa. Um, during my time as a student at at RSM, I did some part-time work for a uh, an organization that um, that scaled innovative ideas, and uh, we actually shared an office with uh, with Elisa. Um, and when I first told, told her about the idea that we were working on, she, um, she was super interested and, and she also really, um, like had relevant experience in the impact world and in sustainability. Um, and that's when basically we, yeah, she, she joined the team. Um, and, and since then the, we're the two, um, two owners of the company. Mm -hmm. Okay. How did you build your team? Who was your first hire? And why did you hire that person um we actually we, we're a team of, of seven right now it's um i think together it's around three ftes so a lot of people are, are active one or maybe two days a week um i personally really believe in 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 the mindset of people so especially like we're a super young team um, skills can be taught, but a mindset, you know, you have in you or you don't. So I think that's like, that's what I'm really looking for when, when we're hiring, um, new interns or, or new people that, that, that start working with us. Um, and we were really able to, to find them through network. Um, I think we've been super lucky to have a lot of people that, that find us through PR or through some kind of marketing activities or, or on LinkedIn. And they just reach out to us and say, well, what, what you guys are doing, that's, that's awesome. I want to join. Um, and then we, we have a chat with them and, and see like whether their, their work and their experience is, is, um, yeah, is, is something that, that we're looking for. Um, and then we start working with them. So this is also a, a shout out to a lot of, um, like current students at, at uni right now, if you like believe in what we're trying to do, 
um, at, at Moja, reach out to us on Instagram, give us a follow, um, find us on LinkedIn, um, just reach out to us. We'd, we'd love to chat with you and, and see how we can potentially work together. Cool. And you talk about this mindset you're looking for, right? What sort of mindset are you looking for? Like, how would you describe that? Um, I, I think everybody has their own mindset. So um, a lot of, yeah, like everybody has different goals and different things they're interested in. But once I think we start working together as a team, there's like a joint, uh, joint mindset that we're able to create at Moja. And um, that mindset is, um, in my opinion, very, uh, very young and, and maybe even a little um, naive. Um, so we are a young team. We acknowledge that. We don't want to like show a middle finger towards other brands that aren't sustainable but we do want to reach out, like, re- like give us their hand and, and guide them in what we're doing. Um, so it's, it's a really, like, it's really a balance between being a little bit arrogant and saying, we're going to change the world. Are you with us or not? And also like still acknowledging the fact that we're young, that we have a lot to learn and that we can get all, we can use all the help that we can get. Um, so mm-hmm. I think it's a balance between, between those two. Um, but but jointly as a team, we're, we know that um, the work we're doing is, is creating impact and, and we, we're really doing whatever it takes to, to scale that. Yes, okay. And, and talking about scaling, uh, you sort of described how you uh, are in a group and your own personality. How does that also translate in your, your uh, management style? So how do you lead your company? Um, I myself think that I'm not a very good manager. Um, so I think it's also something that, that Alyssa has taken on, my, my co-founder has taken on more over the, the past couple of, um, yeah, I guess past couple of months. Um, what I said in the beginning as like as, as a team, I love to, to think of new ideas. And once I, I, I see an opportunity, like I, I spend way too much time on it and I, I want to see it, uh, to see it work out. Um, but I'm not the best at, at planning, at, um, you know, creating long-term strategy, um, making sure other people do their work like that. Um, that kind of work is, is not, I'm also not a very good listener. That's, that's also not a very good sign to be as a, as a manager. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I do think my, my leadership is more focused on like having a really, really clear vision instead of making sure that, that people are liking their work right now, are doing their work right now. And um, yeah, and and like, I'm, I'm not as much in the present to be a good manager. So I I can inspire people to to think about Moja in 50 years, but not in the next five days. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, how aligned is Aliza also with that mindset? Good question. Um, she, she, she also knows that we're like, we're here for the next 50 years and we're going to do really, really awesome things. Um, but she's less of a dreamer than I, she's more of a, Mm -hmm. I think more of a doer. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, she knows really well, like what needs to be done today so that we can get to that, that 50 year goal. Um, and I think I, I really like respect her for that. And I think that that's also why the two of us are, are so good at, at like leading a team together. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and what about the future of Moja? Where where do you think Moja will be in say five years? 
Yeah. Um, by 2025, uh, we'll have donated, sorry, we'll have made and donated 1 million products um, anywhere in the world. Um, so that's both like from a company um, side, but we also have an independent Moja Foundation and we get quite some funding, sorry, from, um, from other organizations who believe purely in the impact that we're creating in Tanzania. Um, so that, that's our five-year goal uh, for a million. And my, my really like 50-year goal is um, to, to create a situation where Moja isn't needed anymore. Um, or at least is less needed than it is right now. Like I was saying in the beginning, our approach to, or our systematic approach to, to creating impact is, is really creating local economies where there's demand for products and there's production of products. And once that's established, Moja isn't needed anymore, at least not in, in one certain location. Like we, we might need to um, like be active and, and continue doing education, for example, for younger groups. Um, but eventually there's, there's going to be local economies that, that we have been able to, to help create. And I think once we're able to do that, that's when we've really created like impact that'll last forever. And mm -hmm. I think that's eventually the end goal of, of every kind of, or should be the end goal of any kind of, um, project that, that will start it to, to do something good. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but did you have this I end goal also in mind when you started Moja? Mm, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe not, not as big as it is now, but I, I did like that. That's me. When, once I, I, I believe in something like uh, a good is not, not good enough. Like it, it needs to be extremely impactful and, and really, really change the world. Mm -hmm. So I, I do think from, from our very first sale, I've always had this ambition of, of being able to make and donate a million products. Like, yeah, it's yeah. It, that belief has always been there that, that we as a team are able to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, clear. And and what are your, what is your perspective on sort of work-life balance? How do you cope with, with the stress of running your, your enterprise? Um, it's, it shifts over time. I mean, like when the sun's shining, I'm already in a different mood than when it's raining. Um, I personally work really good at night uh, when there's just less distraction and when it's dark and, and everything like that. And, and during the day, I, um, I like to do sports and, and do fun things. Um, that's what like works for me personally. Um, I think like it's, it's really important to to realize that sometimes it's better to take it easy and make sure that you're going to be able to do something great for 10 years, than do something, sorry, to do something good for 10 years, instead of being able to do something exceptionally great for two years. Um, like it, it's, it's, it's a really cheesy quote that I hate saying, but it's a marathon and not a sprint. And if you like, if you're only sprinting, then risks of injuries are better, uh, are bigger. Um, yeah, those kind of things. Yes. Okay. Clear. And and um, you know, talking about your own supportive network, um, um, who are your sort of key mentors? Um, um. Yeah, one of my, well, two actually, two people that I I used to work for. Or used to work with, I guess, um, like the, the agency that that skilled other companies. They they've really, like, they really inspire me. Um, my dad, 
um, I think, in his own way of supporting me, which is a very bad way, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I think that that he is the person that um, he'll never tell me, well, Tom, I'm super proud of you, and and therefore always pushing like for the next the next step. I think that that sometimes frustrates me, but at the end of the day, it really inspires me. Um, and I mean, yeah, like Richard Branson, I think, I mean, he's of course not a mentor, but um, well, not yet. Maybe that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> or you I will become talk- his. That no, we'll see. Maybe, maybe. Um, I mean, if we can like make Virgin even more impactful, that'd be super cool, though. Um, but yeah, just just Richard Branson's approach to like business should be fun. It should be engaging, and and you know you, you need to be laughing more than more often than you're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just love that approach. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it should be fun. If you're not like it's it's work, but. Um, I think like a lot of people have this perception that that work is something that you need to do from Monday nine to Friday five, and then you can do fun things. But what if you can turn it around and and make sure that your work is the fun thing, and mm-hmm. in the weekend you're looking forward to doing fun things again? Yes, yeah, sure. Because you're also sort of reflecting on on your decision to also start this company with with Eliza. Um, yeah. It means you you have a certain uh, mindset also to share your idea because I know I think a lot of people have ideas but are not maybe willing to share it with other people. How do you think about that? What's your perspective on being open uh, about your ideas? Um, that Yeah, I, I think I've always been, um, I've always enjoyed giving presentations and, you know, joining a podcast and those kind of things. So I'm, I'm always really open for it. Mm-hmm. Also, because when, when I was starting out, I, I used to look at, at, like podcasts weren't really a thing back then, but um, I, I used to look at, at inspiring content that, that could help me further. Um, it's completely different if you're, if you have some kind of tech product that takes three years to launch and um, like if you, if you share anything, somebody else can copy it and you know, like that's, then it's hard to be open. But what you can be really open about is your your vision and and where you see your company and your market going and like that's what I try to do a lot with Moja is is to to talk a lot about creating those those local economies that um, that are basically self sustaining because like I said in the beginning as well we're not here to show a middle finger to the big fashion brands we're we're reaching out our hands and and like making sure that they can also or that they also start doing. Um, their activity is a lot more, a lot greener, a lot fairer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at the moment, we're not in a position where we can give the CEO of H&M a ring and tell him what to do. Uh, but bit by bit, by sharing our story, maybe one day we will be able to do that. Right. So that's why I really believe that that being open um, and, and transparent is, is something that I find super important. Like we also have, um, if you go if on our website, um, you can like see exactly if you spend 40 euros on, on three pairs of women's underwear, um, how those 40 euros are split up and what, what amount goes to production, what amount is donated um, to, to our foundation to do our activities, how much is marketing, how much is the packaging, how much is, uh, how much is the margin? Like we, we're, we're super open in everything we do because that's, that's what we stand for. And um, we don't have the answers to everything yet, but we're also like really, um, 
we can also admit that we don't have the answers like where it's a work in progress it's not an end goal yet it's not an end product yet yes okay clear and you are a very good storyteller what you've taught what you've taught us so uh, so far has been super interesting what is your perspective on building a good, a good story um it, it needs to align with you so as soon as you start telling a, a story that that is not aligned with you or what you've witnessed or what you believe in mm-hmm. um someday people will be able to tell mm-hmm. that that's like number one um it needs to align with you um i mean eventually you can always start like practicing certain tricks like when when do you speak quicker when do you speak with a clearer voice when do you pause in the middle of a sentence um often in, in storytelling especially like when you're using your voice um a pause says a lot more than the words that came before it mm. uh, because it lets people like sink in what you um what you just said um yeah like it it needs to um it needs to align with you and it also needs to be super super clear if you want to be a good storyteller you need to be basically be able to to be in someone's mind and have them envision what you what you want them to envision and and i think once you're able to do that you can reach somebody's heart and and once you reach somebody's heart then um instead of their mind then that's where um like people really start to to change or or buy your product or believe in you mm-hmm. but it also requires um a skill to listen to someone but you describe yourself as not being a good listener how does that sort of square it's it depends um so i think in a I can listen to people um but I don't always know how to um how to react on that. So it takes me some time before I realize okay this is what the market is this is what the market wants this is what a typical customer wants. And um like in in a management uh the management between bracket situation like you you need to respond right away because you're you're having a chat with a colleague and you know you can't just say yo I'll call you back in in 30 minutes because you're I don't know seeing them at the coffee break um but um like in a in a business perspective and and, and more I guess a marketing perspective of of storytelling um like you have a lot more time to to listen to filter and then to act on what's happening and I think that's that's the big difference i mean i i personally think that i'm i'm okay at at storytelling and um pitching and 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 convincing people of what i believe in mm-hmm. but that's also a process that took a lot of time or took a lot of time i mean um if i look back or think back at, at about my first pitch um that was completely different and just because i did it a lot of times and and know exactly what kind of of target group is in front of me um i'm able to um yeah to alter my voice or alter my 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 way of speaking or the words i'm using um in a way that will work or most likely work for them yeah yeah interesting thank you for expanding on that yeah and actually uh last question uh tom what would be sort of your key piece of advice for students contemplating entrepreneurship yeah um i <laughs> we get i get this question quite often and there's um there's two like aspects of the question so um if you you either have a business idea already or you don't if you don't have an idea yet um force yourself to write down like five problems that that you're finding every single day 
just write them in a notebook at the end of the month you'll have 150 problems maybe 155 maybe um 190 if it's february but at the end of the <laughs> month you'll you'll have a lot of I, a lot of problems that you're facing um 50 of them will probably already have a good solution another 50 um probably have a solution that's okay but not super good and definitely five or ten like there's still a lot of things that that you can think of that will um that will solve them if you take one of them that could that could be your your business idea mm -hmm. um if you already do have an idea um it's a bit of a cliche but just start and um don't think about everything that could go wrong if you start but think about what happens if you don't start Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That's um, that's the most important thing. And like once you realize that not doing anything, it's it's going to stay in your mind the entire time is is a lot worse than um, failing at something. And it's it's also yeah. something I, I want to share with with every single student. I like start your own business. Doesn't matter how small or whatever it is. It, you might even lose money. It might cost you a lot of time. But like you're still so so young. And the experiences you'll you'll get, the network you'll be able to create, it's just worth so much more than maybe these like couple hundred euros or hundred hours that you'll be losing. It's really really worth it. Yes, clear. Is that also why you um, keep attracting uh, students to your to Moja? Like you're a very young team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it also wouldn't work if a forty-five-year-old person starts. <laughs> um, at least, I don't think it would work. I, I'm, yeah, I'm guessing it wouldn't. Um, yeah, I, I think what we're doing, um, like, really is is world is a world-changing way of turning everyday items into something, into a force for positive change. If we're going to keep it in sort of uh, university language, mm. um, and luckily our generation is realizing that. And because they're realizing that, they want to be a part of it. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Tom, for your for your time. Uh, it was great talking to you and uh, all the best with your uh, future entrepreneurial endeavors. All right. Thanks as well. Um, yeah, like I said, if anybody that, that's listening to this wants to to find out more or, or learn more or get in touch, you know, you can find us on, on Instagram, MojaWare, um, on our on our LinkedIn, on our uh, website mojoware.com, reach out to us. We'd uh, we'd love to have a chat. Cool. Thank you, uh, Tom. Thanks.